Welcome into Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. On today's show, you'll meet the co-founder of Rebel Now. She's doing fascinating work in the city, making great products in a very creative way. The 2023 Movement Electronic Music Festival returns to the city at the end of the month, and we'll check in with one of Detroit's finest restaurateurs. A great show about what's happening in and around the D, coming up right after these messages. Welcome into Opportunity Detroit. Our first guest today is Amy Peterson. Amy is the co-founder of Rebel Now. Amy, welcome to the show. Of course, anytime. Thanks for having me on. You know, I've heard a lot of wonderful things about you, so I am really looking forward to this interview. I want you to tell our listeners just a little bit about Rebel Now. What do you do? Sure. So Rebel Now, we actually are celebrating our 10th year um, we are a verified women-owned business as well as a social enterprise. We exist to provide employment for women transitioning out of shelter living. And we provide not only employment, but we also provide all the wraparound support in order to help them transition to an independent life. And what we're known for is making really cool and unique uh, jewelry, as well as promotional items and corporate gifts out of repurposed material, such as falling graffiti or other meaningful and iconic um, locations. Ten years, Amy. How did you get started in this? Um, I was actually, uh, at the time, I was living right next door to a well-known shelter in Detroit uh, called COTS, an amazing organization. And when I would walk my dog, I got to know these incredible women who left challenging situations in search of better opportunities, not only for themselves, but for their family members. Um, And I really had this idea of, like, what if we could create a company that was dedicated to empowering women? What would that look like? I'd never heard of a social enterprise um, and, and just kind of put one foot in front of the other. We are unique in the sense that we created a company mission first. Um, and, you know, that's, that's still today what we do. We've hired 41 women out of the shelter and, you know, continue to grow that number one step at a time. Talk a little bit about some of your startup issues that you encountered when you first came up with this idea. Were friends and family kind of like, what? Or were they supportive? How did that all work out? That's such a great question. I think with um, with startup life, there's there's so many challenges, <laughs> and even still, like we we have been navigating such a unique time just in you know the history of our country. And um, but you know when we first started, yeah, there was um, a lot of of question marks and and really like why are we doing this and uh, support for sure because there is such a need. The the community support was first and foremost, truly just amazing and remarkable. And we have so many loyal customers that continue to purchase from us to this day. And that really, and they are our number one um, marketing tool is really spreading the word about us. But I think, you know, to go to your original question about challenges, navigating startup life is already challenging, but doing it with a mission behind it where you really are putting your uh, energy and focus on your people as much as your product presents a whole list of other challenges and making sure your people are taken care of and and making sure we're addressing their needs and really fulfilling our mission. So it's a very unique workplace in that regard where it's, it's not just the bottom line when it comes to 
you know, revenue, but it's also a bottom line, making sure that we're tackling housing, we're doing financial training, business education, life wellness, housing resources, really trying to move the needle for the women that we serve on a regular basis and making sure that we're, we're doing it appropriately and, and learning from our mistakes every time and, and being good listeners, I think, is where we really um, focus a lot of our energy, too. Yeah, it's an extraordinary story. Tell us a little bit about the women that are employed at Rebel Now, Amy Peterson. They are incredible women who, um, you know, maybe just one life situation has maybe put them in a really tough position and, and not all the time are, is, do they have a support system around them to help pick them back up and get them out of these situations. And I think that's where Rebel Now does a really great job is that we are that support system. And there's so many you know, intangible and unmeasurable things that we offer at Rebel Nell that, that make us really different. Uh, but the women are incredible. And so they're with us for approximately 24 months, um, given where they are in, in their growth and what their, their situation is. And then we will, like first year is really focused on tackling barriers that have been prohibitive in the past. So starting with Maslow's hierarchy of needs and working really closely with a, our partner that we, it's a nonprofit that we formed and now partner with called T, Teach, Empower, Achieve. And they really house all of the educational resources. So we work closely with them to, you know, food, water, shelter. Then it's building, uh, understanding a budget. Then it's you know, working a credit score and just keeping that, that whole process al- alive through year one and then after that year two is now that you can breathe whatever you wanted to do and then we we kind of cater the next phase into pursuing dreams that they've always had of what have you wanted to do in life so then we get them closer and then we graduate them into the traditional workforce oh it's absolutely incredible now talk to us about the jewelry and you know what you offer people how it's made yes our jewelry is amazing and it's so um, beautiful, and my favorite part is that each piece is completely one of a kind, not only because of the material that we use, but because of the woman who made it. So we're known uh, for, and how we started was we repurpose graffiti once it falls off the walls. So murals will crumble, and we will go and pick them up. We'll take them back to the shop and repurpose them, bringing out the vibrancy and the colors and the history of each piece. And that kind of led to, well, we, we a lot of what we do is preserving memories. How can we take this to other areas where we can take um, material that would likely be discarded but has a ton of meaning? Um, that led to uh, the Joe Lewis collaboration when they were tearing that uh, stadium down. We've worked with the, the Pistons. We've worked with Ford, with the Michigan Central Station, with the Parade Company, with some big heads that they could no longer um, preserve. So instead of you know, throwing them out or discarding them, we take them and make those into memories. We also do a lot of custom work with people, um, you know, maybe wanting to honor uh, past family members, and we'll get articles of clothing and turn that into cufflinks for a wedding. So the sky's the limit, and to be able to to be a part of that special memory for whoever is wearing our jewelry, let alone the woman who made it, is just a beautiful connection piece. And, you know, many of these women that work with you, they probably never, ever in their entire lives would have imagined that they would be doing something like this. I do think that's accurate. And I think, you know, we didn't give it as much credit as it deserves when uh, my business partner, Diana, and I started the company, but really seeing the um, 
the confidence that is built in the women when they make their first piece of jewelry. And that's one of the most, that's the earliest transformation that takes place. Um, you know, for us, we, we're not hiring skilled jewelers. And I'm frankly, we actually don't do background checks on our creative designers. It's really for me and, and the focus of our company is not where they've been, but where they want to go. That's important. So we teach them everything on site. Um, and, you know, to see that first piece that's created and then somebody purchases it and, and values what they had a vision for. Again, going back to like each piece being one of a kind, that is incredibly uplifting and, and transformative for the women that uh, we have the pleasure of serving. So I personally would have no idea how to make a piece of jewelry. And I know that you teach the women on site, but how hard is it to make a piece of jewelry? How much time does it take? It varies by the piece, and it, um, it there are certainly challenging parts to us. And I think as a business, that's one of those unique opportunities where we want to create new designs for our customers, but we also want to make the process itself uh, fairly easy to learn so that um, that isn't an additional barrier to entry to come work with us. So we have an amazing design team that really like helps with creating new designs that stick with the same process of how we make the jewelry. And, and you can see that if you, if you followed us for, for several years, you can see the evolution. But at the core, you can see that the, the basis is pretty much the same, where we're able to take and extract parts of graffiti, punch it out, put it in, and put a protective coating on top of it. So we wanted to keep that process as streamlined as possible to make it easy for our newcomers. Now, once these women graduate, what do they go on to do? Can you give us some examples of some of the jobs that they currently have? Yeah, it's really kind of varied, and, and we're not a one-size-fits-all, and that's something that I really appreciate, Rebel Dell, is like meeting women where they're currently at in their lives. And then also the same thing when when they graduate is how do we get them into jobs that are more aligned with their dreams, not necessarily going straight into their dream job, but how can we get them closer and make sure they're getting jobs with better pay and better benefits because they're at a place in their lives where they can hold down those positions, having worked with Rebel Now as that transitional employer. Um, so some of the places, a lot of uh, our graduates have started their own businesses. Wow. Um, our, a couple have gone to work in automotive. Home health care has been a big placement for us because of the flexibility. And some have gone on to work uh, at Amazon as well. I bet you're kind of like a proud mom when they graduate. Oh, it's such a, it's, we're such a unique business model in so many ways. It's just like once they become an incredible employee, we then usher them to find something better. Um, but that also is part of the process and part of why we do what we do um, is those are really celebratory moments when people, when we learn that somebody's getting a new job and um, you know, to be part of that process, part of that evolution is a really beautiful thing. It's got to be very rewarding. Now, it kind of sounds like, obviously, you're giving them all kinds of life skills that they need to continue on in their journey. But it sounds like a lot of this, too, Amy, is that um, they're getting incredible self-confidence by doing this work. I think that's most of what we do offer. Mm. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, that's like really impossible to measure. Sure. You know, when you want to measure impact, and particularly, you know, investors and people with who want just a return on social capital, like understanding that. But I agree with you. Like building the confidence is because if you can believe in yourself, then 
then you can do so many more things in life. And that's part of it. Uh, But I, I think that is our number one value add. So 10 years, what are some of the big plans you have for the future? I mean, you're doing really incredible, amazing work in the city, Amy Peterson. Well, thank you. I, my goal is to do more of it. Um, you know, we're, we're hoping to expand more. We opened a retail store behind the Shinola Hotel uh, last year, hoping that we can maybe open, uh, maybe not this year, but in the future years, we can open a few more uh, brick-and-mortar stores, growing our online um, sales has, has been a big focus. The other thing we've started to do, and they've been working really well for us, is our, our corporate gifting, our promotional items. You know, we provide that uh, great gift that is meaningful and impactful versus you know some plastic giveaway stuff that ends up in landfills. <laughs> and um, we also have now we create an experience with your team, so we can make a mural with your team, and, and it's an amazing team building or something to do with your girlfriends or at a networking event, and then we can repurpose that um, that mural. So it's, that's been wildly successful, and we hope to grow that uh, as well this, this coming year. Have you had people from other cities come in and talk to you about this business model? Uh, yes, actually, yes. Quite, quite a few, and um, there's been, you know, sometimes people are very interested in how do they replicate it, or will we move to their city? So, um, those are those are always very flattering conversations to have. Absolutely, Amy Peterson, co-founder of Rebel Now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Opportunity Detroit. It was really nice to get to know you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for allowing me to share our story. Coming up next, a very popular music festival returns to the city later this month. We'll learn more about it after these messages. You are listening to Opportunity Detroit, brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. The 2023 Movement Electronic Music Festival comes to Detroit at the end of May. And Sam Fodius, Director of Operations for Paxahow, the company that runs this fabulous festival, is on the line. Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you, Anne? Great to have you, too. So, Sam, I want you to talk to our listeners just a little bit about this electronic music festival. What is it? Well, um, as many people may or may not know, uh, the uh, genre of electronic music known as techno uh, is credited with being created here in Detroit um, in the early to mid-late 80s, kind of, uh, from Kevin, Derek, Juan, Eddie, uh, Blake Baxter, um, you know, a few folks that came together and kind of used an amalgam of, of several different electronic music genres that were already kind of around and, and created this, this new form called techno. And uh, over the last 40 years, um, it has created and catalyzed um, a myriad of different genres, uh, jungle, house, uh, progressive house, trance, uh, that has, you know, circulated around the world and, um, you know, kind of grown into this uh, $9 to $12 billion a year global industry uh, between festivals, nightclubs, record labels, uh, management companies, agencies, uh, things of that, 
you know, of that ilk. And, um, you know, the, the beautiful thing is, is like many other American art forms like jazz and Motown and, and R and B that are, that are credited with deep roots and original origination stories here in Detroit. Uh, many people around the world look at Detroit as the birthplace of techno. So, uh, this event, um, has, we've been producing the event since, uh, 2006. And uh, it's a celebration of the creation of the music, the home of the music, and its impact on 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 the world. And uh, it's kind of a pilgrimage. You know, we get tens of thousands of people from all over the world. Artists want to play here because it is Detroit. And uh, we're very humbled uh, to be the hosts of the artists, the attendees that come, uh, and want to celebrate this incredible musical art form uh, in our beautiful city. So it takes place May 27th through the 29th at Hart Plaza. How many different artists are involved, and what does it look like? So if I come there to Hart Plaza, what am I seeing, Sam Fodius? Well, that's, uh, you know, it's it's 116 artists. Oh, wow. Uh, over over six stages. So, um, you know, it is it is a sensory overload. It, it's quite <laughs> visceral, uh, especially at nighttime. You know, um, electronic music is, is known for, you know, pretty big and, and elaborate light shows and, and video screens and, and, of course, really big, clear, uh, non-distorted sound systems, you know. Um, and the the I don't think you could fit any more infrastructure in Hart Plaza more than than what we have. And we already have around 40 people here working at the plaza to build the show. It takes us about 10 days uh, to build it. Um, at, at any given point, as we start ramping up, there'll be up to 250 people here working of local, regional, and national contractors uh, to build this show. So it is a you know, you've got the six stages, all of them different in their own right in regards to musical programming and stage design and lighting design and things like that. And there's, you know, around 20 food vendors, 20 or 25 food vendors. We've got about 15 or 20 uh, local uh, vendors of, of, you know, artwork, T-shirts, uh, record labels, things of that uh, nature. We've got a VIP area, we've got art installations, we've got photo moments, we've got riverside viewing decks, um, you know, to sit by the river and, and, and watch things as the music's playing, you know, going by on the river boats and things like that. So it really is a, a multi-sensory kind of experience. And, and then you've got the attendees that that wear all kinds of crazy outfits and, <laughs> and you know, meet up with their friends. So it, it it's a really great time, um, you know, to come down and kind of check out uh, something different and fun. Yeah, it sounds, Sam, like this movement, Electronic Music Festival, would have a very strong economic impact on the city of Detroit and the surrounding area. That is absolutely correct, and and that's something that um, we're very proud to be a part of. Um, you know, we do probably around throughout the weekend uh, between daily and and weekend uh, ticket holders probably around ninety thousand people between ninety thousand and a hundred thousand, and you know a, a very big proportion of those are coming from outside of the region. So you have an incredible and profound uh, hotel engagement. 
Um, we allow, uh, uh, which is out of the norm for a lot of major festivals, we allow uh, unlimited reentry because we use RFID wristbands where we can scan people in and out. And we do that because we consider ourselves uh, stewards of the city. We're all born and raised here. We operate here. And we want people that are coming from out of state, out of country, um, to enjoy the city as well as enjoy the festival. You know, so we want them to go out and engage in the cultural institutions that we have here, the DIA, sure. Motown Museum, uh, Charles H. Wright Museum, uh, Historical Museum. We want them to patronize the bars, the, the restaurants, uh, the stores, all the retail that's down here. And, you know, I, I really think that that impact is almost immeasurable. I, I, I'd be remiss to try to put a number on it, but between the hotels and the Ubers and the other public transportation and the restaurants and the bars and the nightclubs, because outside of the festival, there is also every night throughout the weekend uh, almost 90 after parties that occur. <sighs> Um, really? uh, you know, there's our parties, there's other local promoters, uh, other uh, nightclubs, and then promoters that come in from out of state because of the saturation of attendees that come in um, from around the world. So that is a whole nother layer mm. um, when you talk about like nighttime economies and, and things like that that are, that are big catchphrases right now that extends beyond, you know, the 12 hours a day at the festival. So. It, it, it's really a great time to come down here and kind of see what happens because it, it the energy is is you know it's second to none. It sounds incredible. Our guest here today on Opportunity <laughs> Detroit is Sam Fodius. He's the director of operations for Paxahow. And Sam, the other really interesting part of this story is that Paxahow is celebrating. 25 years doing business in <laughs> yes. the city of Detroit. Wow. Yes. 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 I mean, it's, uh, you know, the few of us that run the company, we've been, we've actually been working together for 30 years, but Paxahow has been around. This is our 25th year. Mm. Um, you know, we started uh, doing uh, online streaming back in the, you know, in the early 90s when, when there really was no streaming. Um, online, if you can, re- if you can remember sure. that, you know, and, um, uh, we've been archiving every one of the, any, every one of the musical sets that we've done over the last 25 years. We have thousands of DJ sets, live performances, things like that, that we have in our archive. And, um, you know, we do about right now, we do about 90 events a year, uh, between 300 and 3000 people. Um, depending on the venue and the act um, that we're promoting in addition to the, you know, to the festivals that we produce. And we do a lot of corporate work, too. For We did the Bottega Veneta Fashion Show. We're the local production partner for that. Um, we do stuff. We do the operations and production for the Detroit Jazz Fest. And, and so we've really kind of grown from kind of this niche electronic music production company um, into uh you know a multifaceted turnkey operation for for groups like Red Bull and like I said Bottega Veneta Shinola um and a various other clients that want to come in and operate within the city that that need a partner that is local that can tie them in uh to the fascinating local culture of the city and you're also involved in the Grand Prix tell us about that 
Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I think we're all aware of the of the paradigm shift that happened, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this year with the with the Grand Prix moving from the island back onto the uh, streets of Detroit. And, you know, that takes place right after it's the weekend after movement. And so, you know, um, Bud and Michael and them reached out to us last year uh, prior to movement uh, to, to let them know that to let us know that that decision had been made and they were going to, you know, move forward on it. And knowing the proximity of both events, you know, to, to start a collaboration so that we could easily and efficiently kind of dovetail two massive events uh, efficiently to um, create an incredible experience uh, between the two, um, sharing of resources, sharing of, of, of planning, intellect, and experience between the two teams. And it really has been an incredible kind of unified partnership um, working with them. Uh, we are actually uh, programming and running um, the entertainment at Hart Plaza uh, during Grand Prix this year. And um, it's it's been really, really cool uh, working with, you know, Grand Prix and the Penske organization to help bring, uh, you know, two back-to-back weekends of, hmm. of you know, polar opposite yet incredible fan experiences um, to the city. And it really is a testament to all the departments in the city, uh, MDOT at the state, you know, all the public safety departments that have come together, you know, to help ramp up the city uh, to be ready to host these events in a safe and, and, and awesome manner uh, to get ready for things like draft and NCAA Final Four, which is also coming down the pipe <laughs> in the next couple of years. Oh my so gosh. It's, it's really when you think about it all, yes. it's it, it's really incredible. It you is, know? and uh, it takes a lot of work. Yes, it certainly does. Sam Fodi is director of operations for Paxahow. Thanks for the time today. I predict very little sleep for you in the next several <laughs> weeks, so I better let you go. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot, you know. But um, you know, thanks to partners like like you guys and and everything for helping us get the word out. And uh, we really want people to come down and, and, and take advantage of it and experience, you know, what this city has the potential of being. We're, we're very proud to be a part of it. Absolutely. Thanks for the time today. Sam Fodius, Director of Operations. No All right. Take care, Ann. <laughs> this is Opportunity Detroit brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. Coming up next, a conversation with the man behind several wonderful restaurants in Detroit. listening to Opportunity Detroit. Spring is here, summer's on the way, and I thought it would be a good idea to check in with Joe Vacari, founder and CEO of the Joe Vacari Restaurant Group. Joe, in the restaurant world, you are a rock star. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Ann. Thank you. So, Joe, I wanted to check in with you because all of these fabulous events are going to be in Detroit this summer. And I know that your restaurants are probably going to be very busy. So would you start out for our listeners and just tell us about the restaurants that you have in the city of Detroit? Sure. Well, we have three restaurants in Detroit. Our first one was the Andiamo that's still there in the Renaissance Center, uh, right next to the Winter Garden. And we've been there since uh, 2004. And then in 2000, and, uh, I believe it was 11, 
uh, we opened up um, our Joe Muir brand, which is really right above the Andiamo on the second floor. And uh, about a year and a half ago, we opened up our third restaurant, which is on the corner of Washington Boulevard in Grand Circus Park. And it's uh, a French-American restaurant called The Statler. So are you preparing in a special way for all of the big events that will be in the city, kind of starting with the uh, big movement electronic music festival and the Grand Prix, Joe? Yes. So, Ann, we're, um, I don't know if you know this, but we're the caterer for both the Techno Fest, uh, the Grand Prix, and also uh, fireworks. So we're very busy this summer downtown <laughs> uh, feeding uh, tens of thousands of people. Wow. So how do you go about getting ready for something like this? Well, it does take a lot of planning. They, they start like right after the last Grand Prix. And now this year with the Grand Prix being um, on the streets, uh, it, it's a it's a good and it's bad, the different challenges. Uh, it's going to be much bigger for a footprint than what it used to be. And uh, it just takes organization, a lot of people. Um, like I said, we uh, we start preparing, you know, almost a year after the event, you know, before the event starts just to get everything uh, worked out because uh, that's what it is. I mean, you got to be organized when you're doing these large events. Absolutely. How is everything going, Joe, after the pandemic? It seems like people are out and about in a very big way these days. But how are things going? Well, you know, I, I would say what the pandemic has done is um, most people, not most people, uh, a lot of people um, are used to staying home. They want to stay home. They don't want to work uh, from work. They'd like to work from home. Yes. Uh, some of the larger corporations are trying to get their people back to work. And, uh, you know, I think once everybody gets back to work and it, we go back to, I, I guess, what we would call normalcy, um, that that is going to be, the, you know, the changer. Our, our, our lunch business downtown is soft because, a lot of people still aren't back at work or they're part-time. Um, you know, people used to be walking the streets. I mean, it was really fantastic to see how Detroit came has come back with, uh, you know, people uh, walking the streets on the weekends. It looks like it's New Year's Eve downtown. Um, and, you know, that's starting to come back, but it certainly isn't where it was before the pandemic. And, the pandemic has given us challenges, you know, uh, mostly it's been uh, help, trying to find good help. You can't get food. You can't get uh, equipment. Uh, you have mm, a compressor right. blow on your roof and, you, you know, it takes six months to get it instead of 10 days. So that, that type of stuff. And then, again, the um, not being able to find good help has been uh, an issue. So we're, we're working through it. How are you doing that? How are you able to convince people to come back to work? Well, you know, we, um, you know, people in the restaurant business, I think some of them left the business, you know, and for us, you know, we're, we offer uh, 401ks, we, we offer health insurance, you know, we, we sure. offer whatever we can uh, to lure people to come back to work and uh, uh, wages have gone up 
considerably, um, you know, in, in some cases, 20, 25% more than what, you know, that job used to be. And, and it's just the way of the world right now. So we're, we're adapting, uh, we're, you know, I'll tell you the people that we have working for us are real tro- troopers and a lot of them have stepped up and working more hours than, you know, they want to, but they know there's a job to be done and, you know, they're helping us. It's got to be pretty exciting for you to realize and think, wow, all of these big events are finally back open and people really are going to probably, I would think, show up in very big numbers downtown, Joe. I do, too. And, you know, like we said, the more it happens and the more normalcy uh, comes, it just will get back to where it was. And I think we're on our way for sure. But, uh, you know, we got to get people back to work, back to their offices, um, because that's what downtown is, you know, people working, uh, playing downtown, you know, dining downtown, enjoying downtown. How are the rest of your restaurants in the Joe Vacari restaurant group? What's new with some of those other restaurants? How are they doing? Um, you know, they're all doing okay. Um, you know, we're not we're not where we used to be. I mean, I don't think any restaurant tour um, will say that they're up year over year. Sure. But um, uh, I think a lot of us had a, a slow first quarter. Uh, I've talked to many owners of restaurants, and we're all commiserating the same. But we're seeing that the second quarter is uh, picking back up to where it was. So, um, you know, weather had something to do with it. Uh, you know, the economy, the, the uncertainty, uh, uh, the inflation, it all comes into play. But uh, like I said, once the weather broke, uh, we're seeing more activity. You know, what I think has been impressive with regard to what you've done is if you, you've stayed and kept a lot of your restaurants going when at one point, Joe, nobody was even going out to eat. No, I know. It was uh, it was tough. And, you know, I have close to a thousand employees. And <sighs> when you have to lay off 90 percent of them, you know, it was really disheartening. And, um, you know, uh, the second time around, they, they closed us down around the holidays and Again, that's when, you know, everybody's spending money and enjoying themselves, and they just, that didn't happen. But um, we, we try to take care of our employees the best we could. Some of them, like I said, uh, moved on to different industries, but the majority of them came back, and we're, we're grateful for that. Are you seeing any new and interesting dining trends out there? Um, well, I think people are are trying to eat healthier. Um, You know, there's more options. Uh, The gluten-free, we have gluten-free on our menu. Uh, We have, um, you know, different allergies that people have. We we will definitely, uh, we we ask, you know, today we ask, you know, do you have any allergies? Is there anything that, you know, doesn't, you know, allergic to, that you're allergic to? So, uh, I think just people are more aware of that. I don't know. You know, uh, maybe we all were gluten intolerant, you know, or something. <laughs> we, we didn't know that. You know, now it's a big thing. Absolutely. So will you be doing anything special? I know you're going to be obviously heavily involved in the catering, which is really cool. But will you be yeah. doing anything special at your restaurants for some yes. of these events to kind of get people in the door, Joe Vacari? We, we are. We, we um, especially the two uh, at the Renaissance Center yes. for the um, 
for both the fireworks. Uh, we have firework packages where, um, you know, you can watch the fireworks right on our windows, and we have outside seating as well. So it's the best seat in the, in Detroit to watch the fireworks. Um, and I think that's uh, in mid-June. But going back to the Grand Prix, um, we have packages for the Grand Prix. Again, similar packages where um, you have a parking pass to get you in, and then there's uh, dining options. And, uh, again, you'll they'll be racing right down at Water Street, so you'll see the race uh, firsthand. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's really going to be great. I bet you're excited about that because – it's been a long time since that race has been in downtown Detroit. Yeah, it really has. And uh, I, I think a lot of people have been talking about it. So I think there is a buzz in the air about it going back onto the street. And, you know, it's been a little inconvenience uh, on weekends, they closing roads to fix roads for the Grand Prix. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's very little pain with a lot of gain. So, you know, there's... Uh, you know, I think Mr. Penske, uh, when he does things, he does it first class all the time. So um, it's going to be a great event. And how are things at the Andiamo showroom? Well, good. Yeah, uh, that's a good uh, venue for us. Uh, we, we bring in national entertainment. We bring in uh, tribute shows. We bring in, uh, we have David Foster, uh, who is uh, a composer that's uh, been, uh, has 16 Grammys and has been uh, elected for 39. He won 16 Grammys. Oh, wow. He's unbelievable uh, when you look at his resume of the songs that he has written um, and who he's written it for. And he's coming in with his new wife, Catherine McVie. So that's one of the big shows we're excited about. And then we have some classic rock shows. We have some great tribute shows coming in uh, i would say just go to our andiamo celebrity showroom uh, website and you'll see some great variety of shows coming joe vacari founder and ceo of the joe vacari restaurant group thank you so much for your time today it was really nice talking to you and thank you very much i appreciate it and all you wgr listeners come on down to the grand prix and enjoy city of detroit We'll be there, Joe. I'm Ann Thomas. Thanks for listening to Opportunity Detroit, and enjoy the rest of your weekend.